0: hi everyone i'm matt and i'm brandy and this is the chronic couple podcast where we'll be talking about chronic illnesses and things that matter to me and brandy and a lot of just life experiences that we've had yeah and i'm also an autistic man. I was late diagnosed. I'm almost 40 and just found this out. And it's been a lot of learning uh, that uh, we both have had in life. And in addition to being autistic, I'm also an IT engineer, and I'm lucky enough to be able to work from home. It affords a lot of flexibility, and it's really what I've found to also be my special interest. finding that out late in life is all is very interesting. And on top of autism, I uh, am also uh, found out a lot of chronic illnesses that I have. Uh, One of them being hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos or HEDS is it's also known. And also I have postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, or also known as POTS. Both of these are considered invisible illnesses. And really for a guy to have some of these diagnosed, not everyone gets them diagnosed super early in life. Um, it's actually, uh, very misdiagnosed with a lot of different things. And it's really made me recognize a lot of things like pain in my body and symptoms and just good stuff to watch out for.
1: I think that's a great way to explain it. So a little bit about myself, um, my name is Brandy. I'm married to Matt. Um, I am also an autistic woman and also have hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, um, which is both pretty rare for, for a couple to have yeah. um, this. Our geneticist w- said that we were the first couple he had ever seen um, that that had it. So, I thought this would be something that, you know, would be a good idea for us to do to share some of the knowledge that we've gained through getting our diagnosis, which wasn't the easiest thing in the world.
0: Not at
1: all. um, With chronic illness. And subsequently, by doing that, we both found out that we are also on the autism spectrum, which which was just you know insane. It explains so much, and um,
0: it really did. And
1: that was not an easy diagnosis um, as well. Um, so we thought that this could be some good information to share with other people who are just confused and think they're different and don't really know why and feel sick and don't really know why. I'm someone who was chronically ill my entire life, um, as a child even. And um, something with Ehlers-Danlos is um, mass cell activation disorder can come with that. And that's what I have. Um, some people have something in the community they call the trifecta, which is Eller's danlos POTS, which is what Matt has, and um, and mass cell. Um, so it's kind of odd that we both have Ehlers-Danlos and then the you know, Polar the, opposite. The Co- accompanying yeah. <laughs> accompanying comorbidity, I think yes. is,
0: as it, as it's called. Because it's it's already morbid enough yeah, <laughs> that you're exactly. you're stuck with this the rest of your life. But yeah, you know, comorbidity. Oh, what is it our
1: geneticist <laughs> said? He said I said, um, so are we gonna live a normal lifespan? Or are we gonna live as long as everyone else? And his response was, Oh yes, your life shouldn't be shortened with hypermobile EDS. Um it's just gonna be a lot more painful and a lot more crappy.
0: Yeah. That, <laughs> than everyone that, else. That, that's always a good thing to hear, I mean
1: <laughs> And kinda laughed. So yeah. <laughs> it was like, Oh man, we're just gonna have a more painful life, okay. But um but at the same time it gave us validation for a lot of things. For yeah. me, I had this invisible illness that gave me a tremendous amount of pain and I didn't realize that everyone else didn't feel pain all of the time. And being autistic I was diagnosed this year as well Matt and I were actually diagnosed at the same time um the uh at the urging of both of our therapists we had yeah. started seeing uh both of us seeing a therapist after being diagnosed um with you know a rare illness <laughs> that yeah. you know it's up for debate actually whether it's rare or not maybe it's just more underdiagnosed but i mean uh, you never know. With an illness that not everyone else has, an illness that a lot of doctors don't really know about, we've right. had to educate doctors ourselves, these people who are incredibly smart. Um,
0: well, I mean, I think I think a great point of that was you went to your general practitioner doctor complaining about like not even being able to breathe. You were having so many problems, and just your doctor's perfume triggered your your mast cell stuff to the point where you mm-hmm. almost like had to go to the ER. Like yeah. they, they had to find a nurse that wasn't wearing perfume. I mean, that's, that's insane that that's yeah. but that the was medical
1: mo- field doesn't have any idea of this. That's a, yeah. a lovely symptom of mast cell activation disorder is I have a sensitivity to chemicals. And so because perfume is made with a chemical, um, I feel like I'm going to die if I'm around anyone with perfume. My throat starts to close. I turn bright red. It's physically obvious. And, um, at that point in time, a few, about three years ago, I was a lot sicker than I I am now because I had no idea that I had these conditions. So I, I had spent all of my life, you know, 36, 37 years or something at the time with, without being on the proper medications. So my body just hit this stopping point where it it said enough, and I basically could not continue pushing through. I had to figure out what was wrong with me. And, um, yeah, it was insane. Yeah, you you have a really hard time being around any sort of smell or chemical, um, like air fresheners, Febreze. Um,
0: it's very overloading yeah. kind of thing.
1: Chemicals. Um, and this is really hard because if you ever have to go to the ER, it's full of chemicals. So you end up getting you know, even sicker than you were before you walked in the door, Um, it accompanies migraines. uh, Sometimes a lesser known side effect of having this reaction, Um, they call it multiple chemical sensitivity. Um, And uh, for people who don't have mast cell, there are people that that just have this reaction, but um, it's an accompanying Thing including mass cell, um, where you have to wear masks, um, because going in public, it's just too much, there's too many chemicals. Um, gasoline from cars, I um, mean,
0: the gasoline from cars one, <laughs> she's had you've had symptoms where it, it depending on your health is depending on your reaction, but like right. the gasoline one, it doesn't matter how healthy you're feeling, you get a whiff of gas, and it's like instant, you get like shut down. Right. My
1: mast cells become activated and they let me know I'm not a big fan of what you're around right now. So I have to get out of there pretty quick. Um, I have a lot of the same reactions with essential oils. Um, but at this point, um, you know, even just being around those, which a lot of people deem healthy. um, I still can't be around those. But an actual smell of, you know, maybe a flower or something natural, that's fine. It's only something that has this very strong, you know, type of of smell, something made with alcohol. And it's, um, it's really crippling. And it makes you feel like you're, just a prisoner in your house and for a little while i was and both of us have gone through so much that we just really feel like we have a lot to offer um as far as information
0: yeah Um, and a lot of it too is just i think you you, I, i think when people hear the stories of what we've gone through and just like hear the way we found out like each piece of information I, I mean a lot of the information of the actual is we found just in the past year but the past three or four years of our re- relationship has been just keep on trying to go through and find that stuff And right. we've been I'm, married
1: for seven years by yeah the way. yeah and- <laughs> seven years <It> <laughs> but yeah lot. we just you know at this point we are just taking a lot of advice from from our peers it's been really great actually the community that I've met through Instagram has helped me tremendously when I did not know what was going on with me I had no idea why i had felt this way pretty much my entire life and then it just sort of hit this peak and um after trying a lot of different treatments a lot of different medications which I'm sure we'll get into in, oh, yeah. you know more episodes um I ended up finding something, a plan that worked for me. And that was largely in part to a lot of uh, the people I met through Instagram and the communities there and the yeah. chronic health communities. And then the autism community has just been amazing.
0: I, I mean, honestly, the, I think the autism community is why we started this podcast yeah. is because, I mean, got, got our bros and broettes already on on various you didn't say i, I said broettes <laughs> it's a word i make up words side that, note yeah, yeah. he makes
1: up words but i kind of understand what he means because of their context and he's super goofy
0: <laughs> yeah and
1: i have the mouth of a trucker so she
0: she reigns me in if that makes any sense <laughs> so,
1: but he's so this sounds mean but he's almost <laughs> so not funny that he's funny so hopefully yeah. you'll get his humor. Yeah, it's a,
0: it's a shotgun approach. It will hit for some. It will miss for most. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe not. Yeah, you, you never know. But oh. yeah,
1: we've met a great community of people on Instagram. Um, the hashtag actually autistic. Um, if you haven't, check that out. If Absolutely. you have any sort of questions about something, you will be speaking to actually autistic adults. Um, it's just the greatest feeling to think that you're not crazy anymore. It's like you go your entire life feeling like that. Something is wrong with you Feeling like you're crazy Being told that you're crazy Or um, just
0: like the amount of emotions you would feel Like yeah. just depression or sadness or anger or just, just had no idea yeah.
1: why you felt the way that you did and, and a lot of that is in large part to living in a society That is not built for autistic adults And having to pretend like you're a neurotypical person And that's called masking And um, women are typically a lot better at it than men But some men are are pretty good at it too yeah um and
0: I'm, i i was so good at it that yeah. i mean major things with our relationship i didn't even realize i was i mean yeah yeah there's so much to talk about exactly when it comes to masking it's insane
1: that's a whole yeah that's yeah. gonna be like a whole other episode but that's something that um that we as autistic females we know how to do very well we know how to mimic very well and so i just knew that there was something different with me and so I would I would find people to mimic when I was a kid um, because I didn't know how to act. So I would just act like the people around me. And as a teenager, that was a really bad thing because, you know, when I had people around me that weren't the best influence, I tried to act like them because I thought that's what I needed to do to have friends. And um, it usually didn't end well. And that's something that, you know, um, was something I had to learn, but finding out that I was autistic, it just made so much sense because I no longer felt like I was this broken person. Um, A lot of the time with, with women, we get diagnosed with pretty much every mental illness there is before we're um, even thought about for autism.
0: It almost, it almost felt like just seeing the process you went through Mm -hmm. during our relationship. It was like the number of doctors that were like, just, get over it or just it's like it's all in your head in or, your head, or yeah, any of that you crap can't see the just... pain
1: you know it's like it doesn't mean it's there it's it's something that if you know it's not visible on your body then you're making it up and that's something that that doctors shouldn't go to for their default response but it seems like that's what ends up happening and um and
0: absolutely with
1: females it, that are on the spectrum it was definitely interesting to hear so many other people um talk about they had the same experience as I did, which I was someone who had a lot of mental health issues um, from my teens, even in elementary well, school. I mean, panic attacks and just
0: well, and you were thrown on steroids and like, I mean, they were just guessing. They were yeah. they. I think doctors were guessing with you until yeah. Well, that's like, my my yeah. health conditions. Yeah, yeah, that's a
1: whole separate thing. I mean, yeah. as far as like uh, that goes, I mean, unfortunately, there is a link genetically um, for some people with. Um, Ehlers-Danlos um, that they also happen to be on the spectrum. So um, that's something that also needs to be talked about more. Yeah. Um, especially for, you know, autistic. Yeah, it matters. And for autistics that are nonverbal and can't express that they're in pain or um, sometimes... Or
0: express it in a way that you don't understand. Right. Like, exactly. I mean, with everything that I feel like an autistic person would say... It's all a pattern. It's all like a a trained response sometimes, especially when it comes to pain and things like that. Like, especially in front of people that you like, I care what your opinion is, so I'm going to tell you what
1: what sounds right what
0: what, yeah exactly yeah
1: and we had to really recognize that we were doing that with each other in our relationship and that took a lot and that's a whole
0: other episode as well yeah there's (laughs) autistic
1: relationships when you're both on the spectrum (laughs) yeah
0: this intro episode is the index of all of our (laughs) yeah (laughs) like episodes
1: lots to definitely talk about but yeah it was basically my point is that it was um a relief for me to find out that i was autistic and uh yeah the 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 i went to an autism psychologist and um she diagnosed both of us but i I remember when she gave us the news she said that there's a grief period that a lot of people go through and (laughs) i respect that and i see that that if that's some people and that's their reaction you're completely valid in that but for me that was not the response for me it was validating it made me feel better about myself it made me feel less of just a shitty person and someone who just couldn't get it together and it made me feel more like someone who who had an answer and had reasons why i had behaved the way that i had in the past and it wasn't just because i had poor character it was because i had something going on as far as like something that was different than everyone else like
0: a sensory thing or like i I feel like meltdowns or sensory overload, like, yeah. we had a time, actually this this past Tuesday, both of us were sensory overloaded out, like we had had a long day, and I feel like both of us just, we couldn't sleep, there was like just like a buzz going on with both of us that we just could not shake but
1: you know the thing is now we know what it is it's sensory overload and before when you have no idea why you're doing that and you're the only one doing that and everyone else is not doing that
0: the guilt you
1: think something is wrong with you why can't I just be these people I'm less than these other people why you know they're better than me because they can hold it together and it helped me not think that anymore about myself and it gave me my power back and it made me feel better about myself as a person how about you
0: i mean it it did it really made me feel like okay this explains a lot of how i handle things It explained a lot of just how i interacted with you it answered a lot of just how i was so uh, detached I, i i realized like for me i think one of the biggest things was you know, as especially men in general, like, you're not supposed to be sensitive or in touch with your emotions and feelings. And I was so out of touch with them that I was ignoring you a lot of the times where it was like, whoa, I did that. I am so sorry that I did that, you know, and it's now I can piece it together. And you, right. you can also explain it to me sometimes, like, when you can tell I'm not getting what you're feeling at all. It's like, you're like, okay, Think of it like this. And it's like, yeah. once you flip it for me sometimes, yeah. then I get it.
1: And I think it helped our relationship as well to know that we were both on the spectrum. Yeah, and absolutely. Because there are some times where maybe before I knew that, I would think you were being insensitive. But now I, I don't think that anymore. Now I understand that you just don't understand or, or we're having crossed wires. It's not that you're being an asshole no, <laughs> or something, whereas that, before maybe I would have taken it that way.
0: Oh, I was an accidental asshole all yeah. the time. Like, there was not a time, like, yeah, yeah, it just too. happened too often. Me
1: too, which is really, it was really difficult maintaining friendships with women and, um, and girls when I was a kid because I would accidentally say something sometimes without realizing it that would hurt someone's feelings or whatever. And then at the end of the day, I would take that blame onto myself. Um, and, you know, just think I was just a horrible person when, because everyone was making me feel that way for whatever it was I said, but my intention was never how it was interpreted most of the time. And I could never understand why there was always this crossed wire kind of thing happening with my relationships. And, um, it has been really great to see the community of people now that we know we're autistic it's it's insane to meet other people just like ourselves and to see people who have gone through the same struggles who have come out on the other side you know of childhoods with ridicule and bullying and unsupportive people around them and feeling a certain way about themselves and then used that to their advantage to have these amazing lives these strong people um it just makes you feel like there's this whole community of people out there just like you and you're not the only one anymore. And I think I felt that way with the chronic illness community as well because, you know, when you're in pain, you don't know why. You don't know why you're so sick, why you don't have the energy everyone else has. Yeah. You just think, I'm lazy. And I really thought that about myself, especially when you have your peers telling you that you are. And to see these other people that have Ehlers Danlos, these other people that have mast cell... Or pots, oh, yeah. and seeing that they have the same struggles, and I guarantee you that we are not lazy. We are no. some of the strongest people you have ever met because there's pain, and then there is like chronic illness pain. Yeah. And
0: yeah, if if, if you don't dread the weather, you don't have we, some some yeah. some of the chronic illness pains. Yeah. Like oh we man. We could both
1: be like meteorologists or, yes. like, weather people yes. I mean, whatever that's called Our, because-
0: the barometric <clears throat> just to educate everyone the barometric pressure that um happens when it's about to rain or like uh, a big like change in pressure uh with the yeah. weather i it's mean it, it it's um it's like putting a flame on your joints and Yeah. It hurts. Yeah, I mean, and all the time.
1: It's like there's never not one moment that you don't feel pain. Like for instance, right now I'm aware that my hip is on fire, my back hurts, my neck hurts. I mean, but part of getting that diagnosis and getting that answer made me feel like I wasn't just making it up or hyper mm-hmm. you know um or just exaggerating the situation. Um, because sometimes when you're treated that way, you, you feel that way about yourself. Well, maybe this isn't as bad as I'm making it out to be when in reality you feel like you're dying. And so getting that diagnosis, even though there is not that many, um, EDS specialists, I think there's like a couple around one in Boston. I mean, we live in Asheville, North Carolina, so we, you know, we're a little bit far away for that, but, um,
0: but there's there, some good doctors There needs here.
1: to be more, but there's some good doctors here, yeah. yeah. And getting that diagnosis, it really did um, help to send you in the right direction of specialists that you need. Even though there aren't that many EDS specialists in the U.S., um, there does need to be more. Um, most people are at the point now where they kind of know what it means. I mean, we've got some celebrities coming out now, you know, saying, yeah. um,
0: "I think that telling helps people awareness. about it. Yeah, like
1: Sia, she just came out. As having um, hypermobile, I think it was Ehlers-Danlos, because there are different kinds. Um, there are some types of EDS that are more severe and yeah. will shorten your lifespan. I think vascular EDS is one of those, and um, that yeah. one that one's tough. Yeah,
0: oh. that, that one I think it's I think it's a short lifespan, and <clears> it's really <throat> a you know,
1: lot of a really lot scary stuff. A lot of uh, issues there, um, but I mean, pretty much anyone with EDS we're going to have some issues but getting that diagnosis my geneticist was then able to send me to a physical therapist to help um with keeping your muscles strong because basically deconditioning your muscles is one of the worst things you can do with eds and um you want to keep those strong to hold yourself up because your body just can't do it it's like your ligaments aren't strong enough um I heard the analogy once, it's like a wicker chair that had been sat in so many times that the wicker was no longer, you know, tightly bound. It was, it was kind of sagging. And that's pretty much how um, our joints and ligaments and connective tissue are with EDS. And so our muscles have to do all of the work to hold us up. I mean, like walking, you know, a few feet for us is like basically, you know, a lot harder, a lot more energy than yeah. an well, actual than, than, than another person that doesn't have
0: EDS, and it's also a very much a difference between guys and girls, especially with hypermobile EDS, because guys with our testosterone, we're able to have more muscle mass than women. We're able to it, like our muscles are stronger, our tendons aren't, and our ligaments aren't as loose. So, I experience not nearly the level of pain that you do, and it really also like us both getting diagnosed on hypermobile EDS so like oh I think it was what you got got yours and then I I was like a month after
1: right yeah because I mean it was insane because well what tipped us off is we both got our diagnosis of he was he got his pots diagnosis first mm-hmm. um because he before
0: anything really
1: passed out and knocked yeah. some teeth out and landed on a sidewalk that's gonna um, be a
0: post whole, up, whole thing yeah, um, I don't because know.
1: part of the side effects of having pots is fainting so that was scary um yeah. but um and then i had a few years later my mast cell diagnosis and then <clears throat> because of the community through instagram we started noticing that the people that had these diagnoses also had this thing called ehlers-danlos syndrome yeah. and it was like wait a minute could we have that you know and then just <laughs> a little google research it was like whoa that sounds like me but that sounds like you too. But you it's know. saying it's rare. Could we both have it? And then we both thought, oh my God, nobody's ever going to believe this. If no. they thought we were like hypochondriacs before, <laughs> they're going to be like, oh my God, you have to cosign each other's illnesses. Like,
0: I mean, it is we rare. We're that, scared of that. Yeah. I mean, we've got, you know, this chronic illness and then like also this different neural type than everyone else that like we, we learned all this stuff so quickly and all at once that it really was like just like a
1: yeah that's a positive thing about autism as well as we both became sort of like engrossed in the topic of all of these things Mm -hmm. and educating ourselves as much as we could because it was just so amazing to find out that we had an answer and being sent to specialists and the right people um i now have braces that i can use when when it's needed um i use a mobility aid now um Yep. something that I don't think I would have even allowed myself to do before because it would have been like, you know, this feeling of just you're overdoing it. You don't need that really. I mean, it sort of gave me the the push I needed to say, stop doing that to yourself. If you're in pain, use it. Yeah, You know, I have um, a wheelchair for my really, really bad flares. Um, my physical therapist said that would probably be a good idea because unfortunately with women, um, we have... Hormone surges And our bodies are a little bit more flexible anyway, just because we have children. And so when those hormone surges hit our um, from basically the first day of ovulation to the first day of your cycle, you have all of these things going on in your body and your joint laxicity gets extremely loose and um, okay. you have a lot of pain. And so that was something that I just couldn't figure out before. Why do I feel good for a week or two? And then I feel like shit for a week or two. Like, I just don't understand. And then it would be like, I feel good. I think I'm great. And then it would come again and then just be like, wait, no, I don't feel good. And you just play mental detective. Like, what did I do? What did I eat? Where did I go? I just, I just remember saying like, if I could just find out what to avoid, I would avoid it. And I would feel so much better. And, um,
0: well, and one of the biggest things you figured out, and it's really been just the past few months is when it gets to that, those really laxed sur- hormone surge times, you need to like not move around as much. And, right. and when it gets like really... Yeah.
1: Just something I, I, I yeah. wouldn't do. I mean, I mean, you're just speaking to someone over here that was I'm like in the entertainment industry, you know? Um, and so it was just like, work out, work out try to get yourself in shape and i would you know have personal trainers and do boot camps and boxing and
0: she she you did spin classes when you shouldn't you never this is i'll tell you uh, what
1: happened spin class i dislocated my hip when i was in boxing (laughs) uh kickboxing like muay thai fight kickboxing we did that together before our wedding um i needed physical therapy for six months i got what the doctor called exercise induced pneumonia And, um, yeah,
0: you had to, I was in
1: so much pain. Yeah.
0: There was, uh, I couldn't
1: breathe. I was coughing my lungs out. I mean, it was awful.
0: And then we're just following like standard advice, like work through it and like keep doing it and keep doing it. Like
1: I should have never been there to begin with.
0: You should. No, because the thing is like, you just were ripping your joints apart and causing damage now that's like still affecting you to this day. Yeah. And
1: and, and that's with the chronic illness side, the things that we did, the things that we put ourselves through because we had no idea why we felt the way that we did if i just had known i wouldn't have beaten myself up so much and i think that it's so important for anyone that's listening for anyone that has any sort of health issues don't let anyone dismiss that you know your body you know what's going on for anyone that feels different for anybody that feels like i just don't fit in or feel like something is wrong with you as far as like you know your 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 Personality. I mean, it's just like you don't need to feel that way. There are a group of people out there who are just like you. Seek that autism diagnosis. You know, if you even think that that's something that you're interested in, there are lots of things online you could do. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, if you score high on those quizzes, then maybe, you know, feel like you could seek an a diagnosis, um that's a whole other topic as far as like an adult diagnosis is uh, really
0: tough. Well and then adult diagnosis, like they give you the children like parts of the children's test and it's like, wait, what? Like this doesn't This was kinda crazy too because
1: from a lot of people that I spoke with, their their evaluation was, you know, a few hours in a day. Um, And our evaluation was very different. It was three days, actually four. Mine was four days. It was three days, uh, seven to eight hours a day. It was like a full psych eval. And then she had to reschedule another day and couldn't get me in for like another month almost to get the last bits that she couldn't get to to begin with. (laughs) So it was insane. I mean, it was just like workbooks and puzzles and, you know, figuring things out and questions and online questionnaires and you know, holding up cards, showing you, like, what emotion is this person? And that was kind of crazy because I always thought I could read people really well. And there were a couple of cards that she held up, and it's like, what emotion is this? And it was like, oh, I don't know.
0: Well, and the thing is, too, like, what was the artist, the the paintings that we both got shown? What was the name of that? Norman Rockwell. Uh, yeah, Norman Rockwell. The Norman Rockwell paintings, like, I just felt like the emotions that I... I it was like I could tell I wasn't getting it as right. the PsycheVal test was going on, but then I was just like, okay, I got to just keep on, like, trying at this, and mm-hmm. by the time... It was, like, guessing. It really. was really I mean, was, and...
1: Yeah, it was the same one that tripped me up. It was a little girl, and she had a, was beside a sign, and she looked really sad, and it was like no swimming, and she kept asking... Well, by the way, we had our, our evaluations completely separate, but, um, but we were, you know, done, did the same thing in a... Yeah and she kept saying don't say anything to your spouse when you go home because you'll and ruin the test you did. I didn't i didn't say a word say a word i don't want to you know mess anything up but yeah so basically she was asking what is this girl doing and i was like i i mean it took me a minute it was like she's sad because she can't go swimming like she was covering her eyes and i'm like what is happening like she's sad because she can't go swimming and she was like no try again and it was like I don't know I mean (laughs) yeah and the actual answer was there was like clothes on the sign and she looked sad and had her eyes covered and they were covered because she you know it said like no skinny dipping or something and there was like clothes and so yeah it was this whole thing but anyway but
0: it was implying something completely different because i started off thinking she was running away from home like not not even the right (laughs) context at all but you at
1: least got the birthday party one right there was one where it was like they tell this huge detailed story about what this man sees at a party and he's like he goes in he sees the table he sees party hats he sees birthday celebration stuff he sees the kids playing what is the story about and i said it's about all of the things that the man sees.
0: <laughs> and that was like a girl's birthday party. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Which was the right answer. But when she said try again, I was like, because I, well, initially I said it's about the man's experience that he had at the, at the party. And she was like, try again. And I was like, oh, oh, sorry. It's about a birthday party. But I mean, yeah. it's just obvious answers. I mean, it just made me reevaluate myself. And it explained a lot. It definitely explained a lot. So something that, you know, we've learned is you are gonna have to advocate for yourself and yeah. it's a long, arduous process for some and you're probably gonna have people tell you things that aren't true. Like, no, you're not sick. The first person that I saw told me I didn't have a connective tissue disorder like E D S and um and I do. And I knew that I did. So yeah. I, I sought a second opinion who said, Yes, you have
0: Right. You know Not only do you have it, but you, you have to- <laughs> <Yeah>. you <laughs> You're you're breaking records yeah. almost. I know, I've like, had a lot uh, of
1: issues with my mast cell um, my entire life really. I started having a lot of problems when I was about 14, 15, going into anaphylactic episodes like every month and hives and just on steroids and at one point they you know, they put me on like kidney transplant medicine, cyclosporin and like um immune suppressing drugs. At one point they were even talking about chemo. I mean, it was insane. I'm like 15.
0: At I, this mean, time. I the, mean the anti-organ rejection medicine too that you were on at one point was that was just, crazy it was nuts
1: yeah but I mean it, you know it helped though I remember that first night going to sleep and then I actually didn't feel like I was on fire and itching all over it was just one of the best sleeps I'd had in a long time and well,
0: uh well it, that reminds me of when you told me though you were in like such a bad flare and i think it was before you had that medicine or maybe not Mm -hmm. you you tell me but they gave you an adrenaline shot and it it relieved your pain enough to where you fell asleep when they thought you were going to be wide awake and you were just like yeah
1: i remember that story was crazy i was like i think maybe i was 16 at that point and my mom took me to the er because i was i was going into anaphylactic shock and i was starting to not be able to breathe i had actually not knowing i had any of this stuff i had gotten my hair highlighted that day and, um, and I guess being around too many chemicals and everything at that time, I was so hypersensitive um, that I, uh, yeah, I had a really bad reaction. And so we got there and the nurse or the the, the front desk person basically said, you know, you're going to have to take a seat. And my mom said, oh, no, 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 she needs to see a doctor right now. And um, she was like, well, there's not a doctor right now that, you know, you need to ha- have a seat. And. I walked up to the window and she took one look at me and they like rushed me back (laughs) and and they were like, you're going to probably clean your whole house tonight. And you know, this is straight adrenaline. And um, I did, I just, I I went right to sleep. I mean, it was just like, I felt so much relief that I had not felt and it was torturous. And at that point, basically nobody still knew. I mean, my, my parents took me to the best of the best doctors. I ended up being taken to Emory in Atlanta And basically all they said was, you have some sort of issue where your body is attacking itself, and you're having allergic reactions to it. They basically described mast cell um, activation syndrome, but it just didn't have a name then.
0: Yeah, Um, and didn't know what, I mean... It, I think mass cell wasn't really right understood until the 2000s right to the way it is exactly
1: now. but yeah. yeah there's so much that we can talk about so much that we can get into but basically we just wanted to talk about a little bit about ourselves and um and what we want to accomplish out of having this podcast and we just want to help people
0: yeah. And, yeah. and the chronic part of all of this, it's not meant to be complaining or whining about our our illnesses. It, it's more of wanting to share the stories and information we've gone through. Because there's right. a lot, and I mean, as a, a side little funny, is, you know chronic, uh, the whole weed analogy thing and all that.
1: Yeah, I mean, double entendre. It's a
0: definitely a double entendre because...
1: <laughs> I guess if that's saying that right. Yeah. Um, that we are yeah. chronically ill, and we also like the chronic. Yes, yes. <laughs>
0: I mean, if I could meet Snoop, that would be great. Yes. Someone hook that up for me, please.
1: Yeah, finding out that I had EDS, actually, the one of the first things I thought was, that's why I'm such a pothead. <laughs> Just because... You know, it helps my pain levels so much, and yeah. and also, um, I read an article um, talking about how uh, cannabis was actually a mast cell stabilizer. So, um, I know that that that's something that's been super helpful for for me, and um, something that that Matt.
0: Oh, man. I introduced yeah. Matt when
1: he met me I was the bad influence <laughs> uh, no,
0: I, I mean the first time she introduced it to me I was like I gotta work tomorrow am I gonna be alright and it's like what, <laughs> no, what? Was like, this mean... is not like alcohol oh, uh, you'll was... be able to
1: work tomorrow because yeah. you're gonna have the best sleep of your life <laughs>
0: and, I, and I did and now, and now it's like realistically I mean need it for sleep just to like numb the pain mm. enough to be able to yeah. have a good night's sleep it's, it's important and,
1: and well, what we do also, because smoke is is really tough as far as, like, a trigger. Um, yeah,
0: absolutely. And so
1: we have something called the Magical Butter Maker. Um, oh, yeah. At first we made butter and put it in treats, but then we were like, we have to find a healthier I, option. Well,
0: I mean, when you eat, you can only eat so many brownies every day, t- yeah, t- t- then, then like, it's, like, um, bad.
1: And I have an issue with chocolate anyway. Um, people who have mast cell tend to do a lot better if you stay away from histamine, um, that's really, and his, and chocolate is not histamine. So, yeah. or I'm sorry, histamine is in chocolate. So, um, that's something that I have to, to do sparingly, but, um, I just have to do it sometimes. But what we ended up doing that worked well for us was, um, not only can you make butter, but you can also make coconut oil.
0: And that is amazing. The yes. coconut oil making, I, I, she doesn't actually touch it at all. He's I, the connoisseur. I, He's yeah. the
1: he is I, the guy. <laughs> I, I
0: don't want to bake anything. I don't want to cook food at all, for the most part. Yeah, I mean, every once in a while, but yeah, I, else,
1: I do the cooking. She,
0: she does the food, but when it comes to the, our coconut oil, I'm all I like, she. I, I don't even have you lift a finger, right? Because he it, he
1: loves it, and he does such a great job. And then I
0: mean, it's it, great. It's
1: great because basically what we do is we pair it with tea. Yeah, and, um, and I know certain teas are high histamine, so um, one that that works for me is, a, and it's also an antihistamine, is a rhubus. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I mean, it
0: sounds right to me. So, But,
1: um, and a little bit of coconut oil. If you can't do a tea, you can do a little hot water. Um, we put just a drop of stevia. Yeah, and that's great. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, um, we are living in Asheville and we're kind of hippy-dippy a little bit. So we put I mean, oat milk, and that's O-A-T, if if you haven't had it. It's, yeah. I mean, in Asheville, it's <laughs> everywhere. It's yeah, like, you I know. mean,
0: <laughs> but... Grocery stores here run out, but... but yeah, yeah, oh my God.
1: The first time they started <laughs> stocking the oat milk creamers here, they sold out. Like, people were just... Just taking the whole case, of, case of them. I mean, it's it's insane. But anyway, that and the tea. And if you actually want to see this whole process being made, um, you can go to Matt's Instagram. Spectrummy Matt. Yes, Spectrummy Matt. And um and he uh has a this whole detailed process in his story highlights labeled 420.
0: Yep. <laughs> yep. And it is awesome. Yeah. And it's it's just it it's one of those things where. It, I'm really hoping weed or cannabis, however you want to say it, it's just 100% legal across the whole U.S. It would really be ideal if it happened on 420 of 2020. (laughs) So you'd be like 420, 2020, 2020. You just kept on going. He's a numbers guy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Autism sticking out there on that one too. I am
1: not, which is so funny. Um, My strengths... And you know he had or like his weakness and vice versa. Yeah, um, I have something called dyscalculia, and that is basically like being dyslexic in math and w- or with numbers. And yeah. so, um, and he's good with numbers. So, but
0: then words, I have a huge problem with. I don't know the scientific term for it like <laughs> that, but I, I know. There are times where I will think, like, on, like, or, like, I'll I'll have, like, extremes of words where it, right. it just doesn't. Right, and it comes
1: off, like, extremely rude. Oh, my gosh. But and it's not at all
0: what it, it means. Yeah, it's like the accidental asshole part of me just, like, and, and I don't mean it at all. It's right. just, like, I, this is what I think it means, and right. then.
1: But that happens. Yeah. And now, and now you know, and now you know why, and now we know why. And it's helped our relationship. lot yeah um, it really has yeah and while we were talking about Instagram actually um you should tell them why you named yourself Spectromi Matt because some oh. people could think spectromi is kind of like a kind of like a not the most PC word. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I mean, people have used it as an insult, but right. I mean, we're taking it back. We're well, taking the power and,
0: back. And I, I named my account Spectromi Matt way before Joe Rogan did whatever insulting thing he did with yeah. saying the word yeah. spectrum I, I didn't as really as an insult
1: on someone. Like yeah,
0: no. but realistically, for for me it. It was. I was telling. Uh, I forget who I was telling. Your this. therapist. Yeah, I was telling my therapist, and at, at first, I was explaining like my behaviors and stuff, and I'm like, I think I need a formal autistic diagnosis, and and because w- I I got the idea that I was autistic from your your diagnosis yeah. from your therapist. I basically and, got mine first, and yeah. it was like,
1: wait a minute, but he's just like that, and then. Yeah. I looked back on relationships and the longer relationships that I had were with people who were also on the spectrum. They didn't realize it, but, but you realized it. Looking back, it's like, Whoa, he was totally on the spectrum. Um, you know, and like several people I had dated before and it was like, Matt seems like he's on the spectrum too. I mean,
0: yeah. And then when we started thinking about it, it was like, okay, this, this is lining up. This makes sense. And then when I was starting to tell my therapist, he was just like, no, but you handle things so well and stuff like that, and I had to like give examples where it was like painfully obvious. Like, there's um, pretty well known that like textures and like fab like things bug people and things like that. And you can ask anyone in my family. <laughs> I, in fact, actually, I have f- several siblings that uh, claim fame to uh, torturing me or having ch- having <laughs> fun chases with this, but. Um, I am terrified of cotton it not not yes. specifically cotton balls. Like and I it, love
1: it, to torture him. Oh my
0: God. <laughs> the years of torture that she's done. And I mean,
1: yeah. I really could be worse, but it's she more could. of a threat now. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's more of
0: like, don't make me do this or whatever. You do like, this.
1: I'm going to throw cotton balls on you in right. your sleep.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I mentioned that to my therapist. I was like, look, like the texture of cotton, if it like, explaining, pulling it apart and right. like explaining it to him. I'm like, that bothers the crap out of me. And it's just like,
1: but other things like personality things, yeah. you know, personality traits and things, you know, and, and he basically and, said, and like, he
0: was basically like, yep, that's a little spectrum. And it's like, yeah. oh, oh. I, I felt like I was like negotiating with someone. Like I had this and it's like, that's not, that's not cool. So, right. exactly. but we both got the formal diagnosis and like, it really made a difference yeah. to click in on that. But. Right.
1: My experience with, you know, the first time that autism was brought up with me was actually um, when my therapist, after almost a year of therapy, uh, sent me to a med provider because it was oh, yeah. just like, you know, you have depression, you're, you maybe have some other issue going on, like maybe you need some sort of medication, and um, and I had gone that whole route in my teens and that did not work well for me um, something that happens with women on the spectrum is you know we start getting diagnoses of mental health problems when in actuality the mental health issues are a direct result of us masking our entire yeah. lives and it, it just starts taking a toll on our mental health and that's usually when when a diagnosis is even talked about and, and the med provider started diagnosing me with things like bipolar, borderline personality disorder, ADHD and You know it was like really but am i i don't think i am i mean i've i've heard bipolar kind of thrown around when i was a kid and and
0: well and add and things like that and it's like i do not
1: have i don't think i have that i'm not really sure maybe like aspects of that but um when i went back to my therapist who who knew me you know very well she was like yes you do have aspects of those person things in your personality you have aspects of those behaviors but not enough to make a formal diagnosis. And it was like, you, I don't think that you are bipolar. I don't think that you have these specific mental illnesses. And then she started talking, you know, about um, how she feels like maybe there's something else going on. Maybe there's something that's not being talked about. And she had mentioned something earlier about another client of hers that had Asperger's that was similar to me. And it was like the wheels started turning. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I thought about it. And then at the time, I didn't even mention it to her. And I, I came home and I I started Googling TED Talks about yeah. women on the spectrum. And it was like, could I be autistic? I mean, really? I mean, because the first thing you think of is you, you think about people in school. For me, I just remember the autistic kids. Um... They were in different classes, and they acted different than me, and that was because the people that I remembered were people that had an intellectual disability. Um,
0: that that's where we're tricky because right. we don't have an intellectual disability. We we just which is
1: a separate thing from autism. Yeah. Autism is a neurotype.
0: Yeah, it's exactly. not an illness
1: or disease. Um, It's how Mm -hmm. our brains are wired. We have like a lot more wiring than the average person and which some, it's kind of a curse at times, but a lot of times it's a blessing because you know, we see things differently. We're so sensitive and
0: and our, and our focus when it's on your special interest, you can focus better than anyone else. It's helped
1: you in the IT world.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's helped
1: me as far as like musically, um, you know, uh, I've always been able to have, I have a musical ear. Uh, I can memorize things really quick. I mean, it's, yeah, it's something that's, that's been helpful for me when I came home and I started watching these Ted talks with these women on the spectrum. It was like looking at myself, everything they were saying, everything they were talking about, their experiences. I just started crying and I remember saying to Matt, I think, I think I'm autistic and it was just like, Whoa. And, um, but I'm gonna to talk to my therapist about it, and I, 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 didn't believe it for myself even. I was like, no, I mean, I, I maybe I'm just coming up with this. Like, there's no way, you know. And then when I brought it up to my therapist, she just got this look on her face, and she was just like, "How did I miss it?" I, <laughs> I, I 100% agree with you.
0: Yeah. And well,
1: well, and the thing I is, think you, I think you're autistic. I mean.
0: Yeah, and the thing is too with with your therapist before you even got the formal diagnosis Mm -hmm. it was like it then placing and understanding your autism and then seeing like your traumas and what you've experienced in life and things like that that is where it like it kind of just gave you permission to like let it go right
1: well, it, yeah. and, and it really
0: did yeah yeah not to be all hippy dippy about it but it really it's like yeah. you, you, it helped to, let it to like let it go because like everyone says let it go or else it'll just eat you up or you know right. the more you hold on to it it'll burn you up inside or whatever right. and it's like um i couldn't let go of a lot of things mentally until I was like, Oh, I'm autistic as fuck. Okay. Like <laughs> that's why that makes
1: so much sense. that's why
0: I've not forgotten about this yeah. one thing in my childhood for the you know, my whole <laughs> life or whatever, you know? Exactly. Like, because
1: as as autistic people, we we sometimes we we know this about ourselves now, we will loop things and uh-huh. obsess over things and but knowing that about yourself helps you to forgive yourself for doing it it doesn't necessarily mean that oh knowing that makes you stop doing it it's like no i can't control my brain sometimes but the fact that i know that now makes me feel better about it and as a as a person who has been diagnosed you know in the past with mental illness um it was nice to know that like i'm not someone who's just crazy you know and and not saying that that no. all people with mental illness are crazy because they're not because i do have clinical depression i you know have issues with anxiety um i have a generalized anxiety disorder but at the same time just to know that like i don't know they that there's a reason and there's an answer and that you're not just crazy because that was something that I was called a lot crazy I was made to believe I was crazy it was like oh she's crazy because you know when I was in my teens and and we'll get into this on another episode but I had a meltdown to the point where you know my mom didn't know what was going on I was just freaking out thought I was going to harm myself and so I basically ended up, uh, you know, a meltdown, which if I had known I was autistic, they would have realized this is a meltdown. Um, you know, I just was like losing my mind. I just wanted to die and I, you know, I became like kind of suicidal and, and you know, this meltdown transpired and eventually ended up me being handcuffed in the back of a cop car and uh, taken to, you know, uh, like a mental health facility for teens and um, I ended up staying just one night because, you know, they saw all the medications that was on and talked to me. And so they actually
0: let let me go the next day. Luckily Um, they heard you and and, they heard me. yeah. Yeah, But
1: at the same time I needed, I needed help. I needed something and I, you know, didn't know what I needed. My parents were there for me, but you know, they could only do so much because they didn't know what was going on with me either. And, um, so I got in there and I, I, and I'm asked, I I was like, I don't want to stay here. And it was just really tough to see these girls, my same age, you know, that had slit their wrists or they had done something to try to take their life. And, and it was so sad. And it was just like, I remember I've always looked a little bit older than I actually am. I'm like almost six feet tall. And, and so when I, when I, still was shorter it? than me yeah though. yes he's taller but like um when i was admitted everyone thought that i was the new counselor and um and so <laughs> I did,
0: you didn't tell me that yeah they did that. i
1: remember that and i was like no i'm not the new counselor i'm like your age i'm you know admitted to <laughs> and um but, pretty heavy topic there for yeah. a second but um but basically you know not knowing that i was autistic you know landed me in in a place like that and um maybe I didn't need to be and that could have not happened had we known beforehand. And, um,
0: yeah, very it's something
1: true. that is really important. And we've got a lot of stories to tell and a lot of things that we've been through that we're hoping can help a lot of other people. Yeah. And that's kind of what we want to accomplish with this.
0: And we're going to, we're going to do some things where, um, obviously this one's more just us introing, but, uh, I'm going to try and have a link where people can, uh, send us voice messages, and you can actually be part of our podcast. And yeah, Mr. I,
1: Tech guy over yeah. here—he has all the extras. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm gonna be extra Eddie with some of the podcast stuff for sure. Because yeah. I, I mean, a lot of this, we want to involve people, and we want to really make this something that we do on a on a, like a good monthly basis. I think is what right. we're gonna aim for. We
1: wanted to do this at the beginning of January, but. There's a little thing called executive dysfunction that some people have with, uh, we've got, we've
0: got, uh, uh, PhDs, (laughs) uh, dysfunction. Yeah. So basically
1: like, uh, just making yourself do things that you, you know, don't want
0: to do, but you know, you need to do. Yeah.
1: And so we wanted to do the podcast, but it was like the setting up, the getting ready the you know, learning the information first. Like we just kept kind of putting it behind, putting it. you know, aside. And so finally a month late, but we're, we're finally doing it. Um, uh, give us also a follow on Instagram. Um, I run the, um, the Instagram page for the podcast. Um, it's at the chronic couple. And, um, to all of you guys that follow me that have been asking about the podcast, I'm really excited to put it out there for you guys. And thank you so much for giving us all of this encouragement. Um, we both have had self-esteem issues and so this is something that is really scary for both of us but oh, this is yeah. something that we we feel like we just have to do it we need to do it we've been through all of these experiences and we just don't want them to be for nothing we want them to be something that we went through to help other people
0: yeah because there's so much hardship that you go through in life that you think is something like inherently wrong with you yes. and I've had so many t- experiences in my life, and so have you, where it's like, I I don't, I don't know how to really go about like, living my life. You know, a, a lot of years of just self-deprecating thoughts and yeah. just all kinds of, it. it
1: It's like if someone says something negative about you. Yeah. And a lot of autistics are like this. It's like you just loop on it and you'll loop on it forever. And then it makes you question how you are with everyone, not just that person. It's like it makes you question yourself. And and we have a tendency to take all the blame on us. Yeah, um,
0: absolutely. Because
1: that's kind of what we're used to doing because we feel so strange. It's like being an alien on a planet where like you have to just pretend to blend in but you really sometimes have a hard time doing that and and putting up the mask is really really difficult um and a lot of people you know in the community are trying to unmask and then a lot of people don't feel safe unmasking um so it's it's really difficult
0: well and the thing is too like um i i know for myself a lot of my work is working with customers and, you know, you got to be nice and friendly. The customer's always right, all that kind of thing. But I, there's so many times where it's like, I realize now my issues with work aren't really, they're self-imposed stress, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You, you, you can have some, so much that you put on yourself that isn't needed or isn't necessary or isn't at all what everyone else is thinking but you think that so all of a sudden you know you're being chased by a herd of buffalo or whatever i don't know it's just
1: (laughs) the fight or flight response
0: (laughs) yes that whole thing yeah exactly
1: over something like ordering i mean like on a menu like something that simple but you know like drive through suck yeah um, drive through yeah. suck um, <laughs> texting is a lot better than phone calls. Um, yeah phone yeah. calls I don't I don't do well on because I can't see the other person I can't see what their facial expressions or their reactions are. Um, I think because I don't intuitively like know sometimes what someone's feeling I will I've become hyper aware of how people move um, so that I can sort of logically figure it out. And so because of that, a lot of times I am hyper aware of situations to the point where people have said, like, are you psychic? Because I could tell something was about to happen because I can see every little nuance of this is going on in all of these different areas. This is about to happen. Mm-hmm. And so um, you almost become yeah hyper aware. And there are different things as far as autism and empathy people think oh you don't have any empathy you have no feelings i mean
0: it's not that you don't have empathy it's more of your empathy you have to have an experience that you can relate with in order to be able to understand it to have the empathy and some
1: people some autistics do have low empathy which is fine but it doesn't mean that they're bad people because they're also intelligent enough to be able to say the things that they need to say to you to you know in that moment just because they don't have the empathy for you like and then on the other side of the coin there are people who have hyper empathy that's me i have hyper empathy i think matt's probably on the lower end of the empathy hey. and
0: yeah <laughs> probably and
1: like i am on the high high end to the point where i have you know hyper hyper empathy and i feel everything i feel what the person is feeling i feel just like sometimes i have to walk on eggshells because of other people's emotions and that's something i'm really working on that's something that i no longer want to do because i'm not responsible for everyone's emotions anymore yeah. and
0: well and, um, and also it's, tough. it's a sensory thing oh it, you know even emotions right. it, you can get a sensory overload from anything and that right. includes even if i might not be able to translate your disdain from For something I'm doing or whatever, like a person might have a facial expression that I am not picking up on and I'm just making the issue worse and have no idea. And then all of a sudden someone's mad at me when they've been expressing it non-verbally for hours and I'm like... Huh? What what just happened? Yeah. What? what? I don't like... Yes, exactly. You know? And me,
1: I'm the opposite. I know that they're upset with me because I can tell by a small nuance in like the tone of their voice. You, you
0: probably know it's before like, they even know they're right, upset Oh yeah, you. I can like, see it in their body yeah.
1: language that they're upset with me. And then you just become like, you panic almost. Like, what did I say? What did I do? I mean, and you know, that was something that I did all the time. But it's like knowing now that I'm autistic, it's it's like, oh, that's why I did that and it's giving me a little bit more of a a little bit more confidence to be like yeah, yeah that's why I did that and I'm going to really try not to do that anymore.
0: Yeah. Because
1: that's exhausting. And it made me also feel okay about the fact that I don't really want a lot of friends. People
0: and, and kind of
1: give you shit for not having friends. Yeah, you know, it's like oh loser or whatever. And um and I've had friends. I've had a large friends friend group in the past. And you actually had more friends than it I was have exhausting. my whole life. Yeah, it was exhausting. I have this bad habit of just like I don't know. Just like I'll have a friend and then you know, or be friends with people I work with or whatever, and I'll be nice and cordial and mask and do the things I need to do. And a lot of times I'll end up getting taken advantage of because I will give too much and the person will not respect me. And then I will take and take and then I will hit a point where I will explode and give them all of the internalized, like, you know, things that I've had through, through the whole relationship and I will just end up cutting them off. I mean, and yep. I I've done that quite a few times and because at the end of the day like a, a couple friends is fine and I see them, you know, every a couple times a month, maybe whatever, and that's just fine with me. And um a lot of times women will expect me to want to talk every day or text every day and that doesn't work for me, so then I'm a bad but, friend and But
0: the thing is you've the friend group that you've made in Instagram with chronic illness and autism and everything like that, you've been able to manage that better because it's like, I feel like it's more of a, you you can do things like, like an image and you know that per- person is seeing you and cares about you kind of right. thing. Whereas, yeah. you know, the the commitment of like a a, a person to person relationship, right. you've got Okay, I gotta text something or I gotta say something just right because this person feels this way or you know, as you know people and things like that.
1: Yeah, and and honestly, real friendships do exist through social media. I mean, it's something that, for instance, with the chronic illness community, um, it's an outlet because a lot of these people are are bedridden or tired or, you know, have to do a lot of, of rest and a lot of self care and it gives them this group of people to speak with who understand because so many in, in your life, like your real life don't get it. And, and you're persecuted or accused of lying or faking when, when things start to get too much for the people around you. So it's great to have this community that, that gets you and it makes you feel seen and heard. And then as far as the autism community, that was just, Oh my gosh, the same way. I mean, yeah. it was just like this huge realization of all these people and showing that like, it's okay to, to have a, a, an interest. You're, obsessed with and then it's called info dumping where you just like talk a lot about it and like they don't care <laughs> you yeah, know th- this pod-
0: these podcasts might be info dumps for everyone right. just heads basically up basically <laughs> that maybe we should
1: call that yeah. just name the podcast info dumping with yeah. brandy and matt <laughs> but <laughs> topic the chronic of the day couple
0: info dump <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly but like it it did it was really cool because there's so many people that we've met and and we speak to and we talk to them you know and and pretty regularly yeah Yeah. and it's really great to have that outlet and um for me it works a little bit better i think than having a large friend group in real life and um so that was something that i felt a lot a lot better about a lot more confident about is like you know what but i mean there again some autistics have large friend groups some people are a lot more social matt is the more social of the two of us
0: well but what's funny is i I can get sensory overloaded. Right. It's like I I, I want to be social with people, but if it's too loud or too many people or too bright, right. like I I'll shut down after. It's yeah. like I feel like my outside of the house time is about five or six hours, and then after about five or six yeah. hours, I am powerhousing through whatever right. is whatever it is I'm doing. You know.
1: Yeah. And it comes to a big surprise for a lot of people when they hear that I'm antisocial because I'm so good at pretending like I'm not. Yeah. Um, so in reality, I, you know, am most of the time in this situation just because I don't want to hurt or offend the other person. But, yeah.
0: Don't want to hurt people's feelings. But right. you know, what's funny is I think because of my profession of computers and everything like that. Anyone hearing I'm antisocial is like, well, yeah, you're in computers, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. nah, duh. <laughs> like, <it's> like,
1: <laughs> basically, people need to just thank autistics for, you know, um, uh, computers. Computers. Yeah. We,
0: <laughs> all actually, all electronics. You just should be like, man, someone autistic really did a great job at this. Yes. And, <laughs> and I, I definitely know I, I want to invent and make stuff. There, there's, there's right. things in, in my book of things that i want to make and do and yeah
1: exactly and so it just yeah these answers that we've found yeah have basically changed our lives for the better and we just want to share that with someone else who may be searching for some of the same answers and um and if you guys have any questions you can just go to um either one of our instagrams Um, we'll link this with the podcast information and, um, and just, you know, ask us a question and we'll try to get to it on the next episode.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think we want to really get more people to just engage with us on this because it's, it, it's not a one post and then all, all answers are solved on these topics. Like it's a, it's a lifelong journey and we've lived several years of this, so I think we have a lot we can talk about.
1: Yeah, a lot we can share with everyone. Yeah, and uh, and hopefully we'll be able to do it. This is a little bit more of a serious one, I guess, because we were, you know, introducing ourselves and everything. But it's not always going to be serious. Like, uh, no, we'll... we want to just make it like lighthearted as well, and um, and just talk about our daily lives and our experiences, and you know, like what we really feel about something, because that's what we just want to share with everyone. Yeah. Even though being In this situation, I have to say, I feel like we need to now advertise our sweaty balls.
0: (laughs) Yes, our sweaty balls. Um, I asked Santa for a lot today. I asked for a wooden box and a crayon. Like, I mean, it's just...
1: (laughs) For those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, the Saturday Night Live special... Uh, the little it's skit.
0: It's <laughs> the equivalent of the musical cowbell for podcasts, except yes. you know the sweaty balls. Oh, and then uh, there's also
1: the the with Betty White the the brand muffin episode. Oh my god! Ooh, the old muffin, uh, dusty, dusty muffins. Her
0: dusty muffins. Oh. So
1: anyway, so to wrap it up, um, we hope that you guys enjoyed our talk and our chat and our introductions and hopefully you'll tune in because we have lots of information to share and lots of things to talk about and hopefully we will you know help some people out there
0: yeah it, it should be fun and thanks for listening
1: thanks